Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and today I got with us Max, how do you pronounce your last name? Hensgen. Hen- Hensgen. Hensgen, yeah. And what is that? It's like German, Irish, I've been told, it, like specifically it's Alsatian, which is like the kind of like border between France and Germany. Alsatian, yeah. 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 I, I think I saw that on <laughs> on a, a neo-Nazi chart, uh, like, uh, like <laughs> where it was ranking all the races, and yeah, it was, it was pretty close. Yeah, 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 I think the Alsatians were like the mostly, I mean, they were like, the, you know, like the French, the French that like spoke, the, 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 the heavily occupied French, okay. you know. Um, but I mean, my name gets butchered a lot at open mics, uh, and I've I learned to just kind of go with it because like, it's either Hensgen or Hensgen, and then so and being German and Irish, I could just play it off either way. Yeah. If I'm feeling more Irish, it's Hensgen. Well, and also it's a weird way to start up your set whenever you're correcting somebody. Like it's it, it just like you know whenever you get up there and yeah. like like here you are a guy who is up there not supposed to be taking yourself seriously and then very seriously telling people like hey. Um, my name, this is my name. Hold on, let me get this real serious real quick. I've stopped, yeah, I, I stopped doing that altogether. But man, the other week, uh, a guy just like changed the H into a W, and I just had to address that. Well, yeah. I was like, Winsgen or something like that. He got the part that everyone gets wrong right, but then he just like threw a W in there. The, well, Winsgen sounds like, like if uh, somebody, if we we're talking in a conversation and someone was like, yeah, I just got done reading some Wenskin about um, the dialectic. I'd be like, oh shit, dude. Let me yeah, go. yeah, maybe yeah, like, I should roll with it. It, 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 sounds, <laughs> it sounds deep and heady, you know? Yeah, yeah, everything I'm not. So yeah, I should, uh, I should, I should latch onto that. Well, speaking about like uh, deep and heady, we're, we're, the topic for today is politics, right? Yeah, politics. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to be yakking about the nebulous. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, if, if I have any Trump supporter fans still here, that's what's up. You guys are open-minded. <laughs> you guys are like the most open-minded Trump supporters. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, like in in a sense, I think a lot of the issues with politics is that people, especially now, is everyone's kind of getting like more and more nuanced views, right? And so like, there's they're more rarely gonna find a candidate who actually represents or what they want, you know. And there's like a transparency issue. Like back in the day, you would like Hillary Clinton would have won like even like eight years ago, like. You know, like if it was the same election. Well, didn't she try it eight years ago? And it well, didn't quite, she, it didn't quite work out. That she, much. she actually could have um, beat Obama. She actually had more votes than Obama. She just um, did stepped, she really? oh. stepped down. So basically, she made a deal. Um, she probably could have won in '04. I, I think she could have won in '04 too. Yeah. Um, the thing, I, I think she could have won. Well, I think she did win this election. The FBI interfered, um, and um, also the you know she got the three million more votes. But I think th- she would have won by a land. Also, let's count. Let's also count the the uh, the one thing that whenever people people bring up the the and I know this doesn't matter in terms of who got more, but like a number that I, I wish more people would talk about is yeah, there's the three million that she got over him. Let's also talk about the seven million who didn't who voted, but not for either of them. Yeah, you know that's a, that's, that's that's a decent seven million is a pretty decent chunk of change. No, that's a significant amount. That's the population of Houston, which is the third most populous city in America. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so, but like it used I, to be us, but everyone's leaving. I, well, also Houston. I don't even consider Houston a city. It's really? just like it's just a, a a sprawl of suburbs. It's like, dude, I've had family visit my family in Houston, and we're like, uh, we don't have anything to show you. 
What's like the cool new kind of liberal oasis over there? It's Austin. 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 Okay, there we go. Austin. Austin is a is a great city where everybody is moving to. Um, it is fun. The only I think Austin would be a a really a force to be reckoned with if it had good public transit. Awful public transit. Yeah. And um, that, that's for me. I think really something that has to be there for a city to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, in good connected transportation and being near a large body of water. Large body of water, yeah. Well, large body of water just helps it in terms of uh, in terms of making like the reason why Chicago is was what it became is what it became is because it was by this huge body of water and things like that. And I think same with like New York or San Francisco, like water really helps that. But there's one city that uh, is Dallas. Dallas is completely like inland mm-hmm, yeah and there's like no water really anywhere close yet it is a rapidly growing city and i'm like wondering why like why is dallas bigger than st louis which st louis st louis missouri yeah oh, okay well i mean have you been to st louis it, it kind of st- blows well st louis used to be like the fifth biggest city in america right and did it, it really yeah it, it was like a powerhouse and everything like that but then like slowly as time went on like and i think this is where politics comes on it's like politics i think it just is about reaching the your country's capacity, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's what politics allows you to do. And I actually think America has a political system that prevents it from really striving. So an advantage that a China has that America won't is that um, China can plan like 35 years in the future, right? We can't even plan 35 days in the future. No, because there's so many, as you said, like the problem with like whenever you have a big budget movie, right, is everybody, there's so many different that's a, Yeah, Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, yeah. Well, I mean, China. Well, I mean, China's. I mean, if we're making the movie analogy, they're the. They got the biggest budget out of everybody. Yeah. They're Marvel. They're Marvel is what they are. No, I. Um, they plan nineteen movies in advance, and then you know. And then watch it happen. Yeah. That's why. That's why. Like, I'm not worried about like everyone. We're DC. We're DC. <laughs> just putting out bad movies, <laughs> yeah. trying to figure out. We're the just flow. like maybe we'll get it. I don't know. We we put tattoos on the Joker. We'll figure it out in the next one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think. Um, and I, I, I think so. I, I don't necessarily believe democracy is the um, the way. No. No. Uh, I think democracy is useful. I think really, ideally, is what we do is we're going to create like a supercomputer god, and then it make all our decisions. I think really we just there's no direction with us. You know, there's just so much opinion, and no matter what happens, somebody's going to get screwed over. Like here's the thing: is like the result of it is, is to an extent. A lot of things are a zero-sum game. Like, funding going someplace is not going somewhere else. But Democrats and Republicans just seem to not acknowledge that. I just wish someone would just say, like, hey, you're going to get screwed for a little bit, but we got you next time. Like, and then we could just m- move forward with maybe level of transparency about this. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I think Carlin, George Carlin just said, said it. I mean, where he, like, you look at our elected official. I mean, politicians don't grow on trees. They come from American homes, American schools, American families. And I think now more than ever, we're seeing we're seeing adults going into politics who have grown up in a yeah in a completely butt fucked system. Yeah, you know, it, it, way more than their parents did or their grandparents did. Uh, I mean, I think it's becoming very secular where it's so easy to blame the politicians for. Everything that's going wrong, and yeah, they play a large hand in it. But now, but I mean, they are coming from a lot of the same homes that a lot of us, you know, grew up in. 
But now, I mean, but now we've we've drunk the Kool Aid so much that I think it's just this like self feeding machine where we're able to just keep producing politicians who are going to keep producing the same status quo kind of bullshit. Well, I think it's because the things aren't supposed everyone's to... fat and happy, but they're also dumb and you know. Yeah. And and uh, I think I think the more like that you are, the more electable you are, especially if you're like you know a thirty forty year old guy or whatever or girl you know running running for office i mean i mean just look at the whole tea party kind of movement it, it was like it was just a giant dick measuring contest of like you know who eats the most pork and who hates taxes the most you know yeah you know and that that's what would get you in and now we're seeing like the fruits of their labor come to come to bloom <laughs> yeah. well i also think is mass i, I think it, it is interesting to look at how how these politicians are growing and it's uh i wrote this in one of my my stand-up notes recently it's funny whenever you defund education you get a rise in nationalism yeah. it, it's it's that um i think people are are regressing i actually think we're regressing as people i would agree with that and we people just don't have hobbies. They aren't engaged with life, and they want simple answers. And we're also a lot of people just aren't active in their political process. But here, here's the thing with politicians: I don't necessarily always blame them because politics, politics is a game, right? Like, and I, it's very easy to say like, "Hey, you're not making enough." Change. I think a lot of these guys really do want to make change, and once they get in there, they realize it's very difficult to make radical change, especially when you're worried about getting reelected. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also you just have all these different interests that you have to represent in some sort of cohesive way while also keeping somewhat true to yourself. So, and, you know, like, it's kind of weird. Have you ever had a life decision where you've had, like, your dad tell you one thing, your mom tell you another thing, your girlfriend tell you another thing, your best friend tell you another thing? That's only, like, four people with four different interests, and they're not depending on you, mm-hmm. right? Have you ever had, like, people who have offered you political gifts, people who helped your campaign, people who voted for you, people who didn't vote for you, people who are also in the House? So you have all these different, more powerful people exercising their opinion on you, plus you're part of a system, and you have to worry about getting reelected. That's a lot of concerns to balance. Right. And um, I, I think the real – so the real thing is is that we, we culturally, I think what we need to do is change. So I, every, I, think, I think politics is symptomatic of culture. And um, that's why I thought it was really interesting whenever you brought up the fact that, hey, like, you know, these kids have been brought up in a culture where it's kind of weird and they have maybe misguided values. I mean all the, all the current-day politicians, I think, the guys who are, like, in their 30s or 40s, maybe early 50s, I mean, they, they grew up in, like, the heart of – Reaganomics, yeah, you know. So I think we're really seeing. I think we're seeing that like kind of you know tree blossom to its mm. fullest extent. That's interesting. Before it withers and dies, hopefully. That that is <laughs> that is very interesting. So that means there might be a point in the future where there's the Obama trees of people coming. Yeah, up. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, where we yeah where we uh you know learn to give each other a helping hand and drone strike everybody else. Well, yeah. Well, that that was like one uh, one of the jokes I was working on is like, is Obama actually a good person? Like, I know Obama will shake your hand, play with your kids, but he also blow up your wedding. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Just don't piss him off. Yeah, I mean, you know. But it, it's kind of weird that we give. The, so, like, the president is just kind of this dude that we've just given. We we agree. We we get enough votes and we agree. Like, okay, this guy has enough. Uh, we can just let him kill thousands of people. Like, that's. That's part of just the job. The I mean, it's 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 that part of American culture that you you they you're better off for your own sake of sanity. Not saying not saying you should do this, but for your own <laughs> sake of sanity, you're better off not thinking about. 
Like you're like how you're better off not thinking about how like we you know like like do you like chicken? I like chicken. Like we never think about how we kill like two hundred million chickens. A, oh, it's a, a holocaust. Day. Yeah, a day. A day. A day. A day. Yeah, billions, billions, trillions of chickens since you know since we've been doing it. And uh, but but man, this chicken tastes good. Well, and that's what we got to get to in order to get you know the the chicken fillet we really like is is just the you know. There's, there's like a whole heaven just for chickens, I think. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, or God fucking hates chickens. Like, well, I God mean, really fucking hate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that, like, you know, in like chicken religion, there was like one chicken who just messed up and it was like, Screwed it settled for, for that, that easy food, right? Like, like being with Adam and Eve and Adam was like, oh yeah, here's some um, seeds. And like, God was like, the one thing you do is don't take seeds from that dude Adam. And he did. And that's it. Yeah. All his kids, his progeny, just hundreds <laughs> of millions of them, just billions <laughs> Trillions. Trillion is such a Trillion is like, okay, dude, I get I get that you're pissed, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> um so I actually so it's it's weird you bring up chicken or it, 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 I basically started eating chicken again this week and that was I watched a um the reason I quit was I'd watched one um one of those uh uh pita videos mm. and I quit eating um all meats. I was I was a pescatarian because I don't care about fish. They don't, they don't have nipples. I don't. <laughs> they're, they're, I just don't respect them. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, they taste pretty good too. Most, they, most of them do. And they're healthy. And also, pescatarians tend to live longer than most people. They live. Uh, that's what Japanese people's diet is, especially the the um on the there's an island of people who live way over a hundred. Yeah. And yeah, mainly a fish and uh, plant based diet. But um yeah, I started eating chicken again this week and it's amazing, man. I feel like I literally felt like I had ate their souls and I was just like <laughs> it like becoming like infusing me with power. Don't you get like I love when people like try to like drop some wisdom bombs on you, but like just like being just like in comedy, it's like you got to know your audience. I mean like I mean like look at me. I look like, you know, Rob Zombie trying to get his life together yeah. and like uh, I mean, I remember this one girl was like trying to like get me off meat products and she was like she was like, uh, you know, your stomach, your stomach is a graveyard. And I'm like, that is the most metal fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to go find the nearest beef brisket place. Exactly. And, you know, uh, going back to the original sin, uh, you know, because we, we had mentioned, you know, the, the, the chicken Adam and Eve. Uh, well, who came first, the chicken Adam and Eve or the egg Adam and Eve? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're t- I was talking to somebody the other day, and you know about you know Trump and Hillary and you know just where where we are and how we got there. And I was like, you know, back to the original sin. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I was never a big Clinton fan, but you know, I would vo- I would vote for Satan over Trump because what did Satan do? He he convinced one woman to eat an apple in a garden. Trump managed to convince the entire state of Kentucky that they were going to get their coal jobs. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, so I I, I dislike Trump, um, but I think there's a lot to be learned. Like, definitely if I run for politics, I'll use a similar method to him. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of behavior that's like, I mean, I'm a big fiction guy. I like like horror and sci-fi and all that stuff, and... And he, he imbues a lot of the character traits of like characters I love, you know, like 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 he's like to me he's basically like Ash from Evil Dead, you know, just like a shit talking old guy. Yeah. You know. Like, you know, if he didn't just stand for everything that was like wrong in the universe, you'd think he was, you know, maybe uh, you know, he's still creepy, but you know 
you know, he's the kind of, he's the kind of guy with a loud enough mouth where you would want that you would want that like living microphone at least on your side. Exactly. That that's the thing is I, I don't think I think if Trump just had the right views, I think it would just be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he would just be such a force of nature. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, you can look at like look. You know, it's like I did this a while ago. Like, look up like old interviews of him in the nineties yep. when he was like I'm by com- by comparison kind of liberal. Yeah, and the way he's talking shit about Republicans in, in that, you're you're like you're like man, a little, little of that today would be nice. Yeah, well, I, I think this is the thing is is that he has no self. No, I, yeah, he's he's all id. I mean, yeah. I think he's just like a gun. I think he's like a, a personification of a gun and a bullet that like can be fired in any direction. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's a mercenary, and he, he he doesn't really he doesn't care about anything. And I don't think he's ever going to be happy. There, like this is the thing. Is like, have you ever seen once that he ever has he ever looked? I've somebody else was talking about. That. Yeah, he's never laughed. No, he's like which he'll, is he'll, disturbing he'll, as fuck. He'll he'll do. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll like smirk a little bit. Yeah. You know, but you know he's like the gears are turning like I'm gonna kill your whole fucking family. You yeah. know, like you know. Yeah, never you never see the dude laugh. Yeah. And now I don't know if we've you he's uh he's backed out of the um the correspondence dinner. Yeah. First president in almost forty years to have done that. I forgot why the other president didn't go, but but yeah, for, for first president in forty years to not go to the correspondence dinner. You know, because that's when all the comedians get to, you know, roast you, take their little pot shots. You exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he he takes himself so seriously. So the thing is, I've noticed um, just universally with people who are happier people is that they don't take themselves seriously. Do you watch Game of Thrones at all? Really? I do not. I'm not gonna make it a Game of Thrones thing, but I mean, like, he's gonna get like he's not gonna be there because Game of Thrones fans will 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 recognize this moment. Like all the comedians gathered under one roof, just boom. Oh, and then and then him watching him sipping wine from a balcony, just watching the flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, it, it is scary though. He's he's a lot of the movements he's making are very authoritarian, and I think a lot of people. So here here's the thing that's the issue is is we there's a hyper awareness of history um, that surrounds Trump, right? And so we have a lot of pushback on Trump right now because it's not even necessarily what he's doing right now, which is bad, right? But it's what it implies, like historically, mm-hmm. like we've seen it before, and I think that's what gets people so is getting people so riled up is that um, we've seen this kind of movement before, and it's really weird to be at this time where right, where like people are trying to close borders, and I thought dialectically we're moving to like a one world nation, right? Like a one world uh, one world government kind of thing. Like you know the aliens come, we have like one leader, like you know it's all good borderless thing, but like now. I think we're kind of regressing, and like Hegel talks about it. Hegel's like, you know, you move dialectically to one direction, then you move back. There's a counterbalance, and then you find truth. And I think, in a sense, one thing I do hope Trump gets rid of is PC culture, because I can't stand it either. And I actually think it drives people farther apart. I than go back and closer. F- yeah, it's so weird. I go back and forth with it. I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of it is very good intentioned, and I think like a lot of things with good intention. It's been. Hijacked for personal agendas. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's like, it's it's so weird. I mean, I I don't. I'm I'm afraid to even begin. I don't even know where to begin because I like, like you know, like like you would never use. I, I think it's all a matter of who you are and how you like to talk. I mean, you know, I would never use the word retarded to describe somebody who is differently abled. Yeah. But I use that word all on, the time. I use that word on inanimate objects. Yeah, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, and and I don't know where where you know 
where we're at today with that. But I mean, a lot. I think a lot of it is like is a lot of the Trump voters were were very much against that too. I think they. I think they made it. I think they made it kind of more of a straw man issue than it ever was. It, so here's the thing: is is the Trump man people? A lot of them who make a huge issue of it want to just be racist out loud. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, That's and, a, yeah, yeah. And so like this is one of the, the instances where it's like you're right, but for the wrong reasons, kind of thing. But here, here is where, where I do think part of becoming close with someone is offending them. Like, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. like whenever you, you're, you're, you're close with someone, you start ragging on them, right? Where you, and, you, and, and the thing is, is when we live in a hypersensitive society, people of different backgrounds are afraid to rag on each other. And that builds walls, weird enough. Yeah. Because that's how you play. It's a form of playing. And it's actually, like, when you watch people flirt together, they're, they're mean. Like, yeah, you know? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it doesn't allow that to happen. And I think what PC has evolved into is a very unnuanced way of approaching an issue where it's like you it's, have, it's definitely like a form of it, it's its own kind of micro pocket of like authoritarianism exactly of, of just being of being language police and yeah i'm totally against that i think i mean the thing that i the thing that i've always I, always thought was what was weird about the policing of people's languages is no let people say these horrible things that's makes it easier to identify the assholes yeah well, <laughs> and also sometimes you don't realize things are that horrible until you actually just say them out loud yeah. and, and, and then and then you're like oh snap i can actually see how this it doesn't sound right yeah you yeah because you get an echo chamber and then you say it to someone outside of it and you're like actually you know yeah. what it's like when you have you know nothing but tequila for one night you're like oh okay did that now i know i shouldn't do that again you yeah know? or and, and you but the thing is i think you also understand why you shouldn't do that again right that's i think that's the operative term in that yeah and not that you shouldn't right is that you understand and I, I i think that creates a completely just different complexion of how people can basically interact mm-hmm. you know and um what do you mean by complexion? Right, you know? <laughs> and, and and for for me personally, like I I think a lot of uh, a lot of this gets us off of talking about the real issues, right? Oh yeah, it's complete. I mean, that's why I think Democrats lose all the goddamn always is because they are, you know, they're they have no actual solutions to any problems. So they they've done. I, I think both parties have done a good job. Of securing themselves by saying, "Oh, look what that guy's saying. Oh, look what this guy's saying." You know, I mean, yep. I think, I think, I think right wingers are just as big of, you know, I hate, you know, I hate this word, but like snowflakes as liberals are. Where's snowflakes? Oh, they, you know, it's a word that they like to throw around to describe liberals because, like, our, you know, liberals are. You know, I almost said our. I'm barely liberal, but like, you know. I'd rather hang out with a group of liberals than a group of conservatives because yeah. all because the liberals have drugs. But yeah. you know the uh, the snowflake is like it's like a you know they say it to describe how kind of fragile you know emotionally liberals tend to be you know at least in their mind. I don't know that that's I personally don't think that that's true. I think a lot of you know the the, the super snowflakey liberal and the super racist Republican. I think those are the outliers who have just. Hijack the hijack the driver's seat. Yeah, the discussion. Know. Yeah. Well, and also I think basically anybody on the extreme of that is usually emotionally damaged. Oh yeah. yeah. Anybody of like so I, I I've noticed conservative people get really on edge pretty easily. Here here's the thing is I think whenever you get offended or triggered. Instead of blowing up on somebody, see why it triggers you, right? Yeah, understand like, like, why it, yeah, like, kind of, like, have a conversation with yourself exactly. about why it, you know. 
like like for me the um the the n-word used to get me really offended um you know and stuff um but now it doesn't in a sense and it well it does it just doesn't period and i i kind of play with it like i've even called a white guy that like a, guy, a white guy was like being like rude to me and um uh lincoln park and so i called him the hard r the hard r yeah, yeah. And, and he got offended <laughs> he actually got offended and like the, the thing is is that that word it it really is just a not nice sounding word it doesn't it's not particularized but i think by making it kind of like like it's a very see, blunt word it's like fuck or cunt it's yeah. like a very just cudgel of a word exactly and it, but it's by making it but like, unlike those words it's got like a very particular meaning in america well the thing is is meaning is what we give it right you just start throwing around like the where i learned about it was um one of the words you had said earlier the with the c word like in in like europe the uh it, especially in the uk and in ireland people throw it around everywhere oh my god yeah I, yeah. yeah yeah you're from england yeah. I'm, i've been to ireland i mean people like you know they, they you know your car can be a cunt yeah you know <laughs> you know it's all it's all those all those things can be that and in it it's not as offensive to women right like right yeah it, it's not and so when i i think the same thing could be done with the n-word here is like why don't we just use it on everything it cheapens its value even if someone tries to throw it at you it doesn't really have the same effect because you don't don't have it like restricted access to only offend you you know and and i say you in in, in the black sense yeah well yeah. i don't know if you, were you were you around i think it was like in the late 90s when like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson got together and like had a funeral for the N word. Really? Yeah, I don't think that worked out too well. No. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, they made it. I mean, that, and that 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 was like that was like some pretty bombastic example of like you know linguistic authoritarianism. Of, yeah. You know, well, like, we have decided this word is gone. You know. Yeah. Um, well, dude, the thing is, is the people who are using against you weren't anyone who's going to pay attention to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, the thing is, is you just got to judo move people, you know. And and part of it is not getting riled up. A part of it, and I think comedians are really good at this. At, at least we used to be, because all what we're talking about has also bled into comedy as well. But is um, being able to not take yourself seriously is such an advantage in a conversation. I think the whole comedy scene went to shit when we started letting all them theater kids in. Uh, <laughs> no, I, but there there is a sensitivity now in, in comedy that wasn't there before, and you know some of it I think is needed because you know you don't want anyone up there doing hate speech. But, oh yeah, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, you not. You know, you, you don't want it to turn into like an SS rally. That's for sure. Because actually, Hitler did start out in the back of bars. Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Us. Yeah, yeah. Like, Just like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Failed artist. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> college dropout. Yeah, I, no. I mean, if only Berlin had a better open mic scene. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He would have. Yeah, he would have just. You know. He, he would have. Uh, he would have been a, a like a Nick DiPaolo. Yeah, yeah. I, you and I were talking earlier. <laughs> yeah, Nick DiPaolo. I actually met Nick DiPaolo a couple weeks ago. Oh, he was at Zany's, right? Yeah, I work. I work a couple doors down from Zany's. So I, is he know. a cool dude? I met him for like five seconds, but he seemed like a cool dude. Yeah. So, like, the thing is, one of the things that's put me off for Nick DiPaolo, part of it is political thing. Part of what he, I don't know if you've heard of the race discussion that he, and him, and Patrice O'Neill had an O on it on Opie and Anthony. Uh yeah, it was like year, like ten years ago or something. Yeah, I think. Probably that's when I listened to it. Yeah, yeah, and he, he just said some things in there, and it, it, it was just like, 
this kind of very backwards conception of the world and like like basically the entire argument stemmed by saying that like you can't have uh having a white guy taking a black guy's order at a mcdonald's is part of race politics and you, that never happens it's completely unrealistic and it's just like dude lots of people work at mcdonald's it's like not yeah. even a, and it and it, it, it completely explodes into this this kind of conversation and like you you seem to me that you have a very regressive point of view on on these kind of things and like and it, and then it just completely exploded with him telling uh patrice to go back to africa yeah and then yeah. patrice is like yo i've been here since uh, my family's been here since, since the 1600s you your last name is apollo you've been here you like yeah right he's been and, yeah yeah and uh and he kind of shut up after that and also i got also i gotta you know take uh i'd have to listen to it again but just based off what you said i would have to take a huge leap of faith that like so DePaulo eats at mcdonald's i don't he could he, he probably eats a lot better than mcdonald's <laughs> you know yeah. so when anytime somebody busts out of these like anecdotal bullshit about like mcdonald's workers and they and they try to you know use it to like you know to to push an agenda that you know may or may not have you know, racial politics in the back drop. I'm, I'm always that's that's what I always attack first. I'm like, motherfucker, when was the last time you've actually been to McDonald's? Oh, and, <laughs> and, and, and even and then, it, it's like anecdotal. Like, um, I had I had a, a former friend of mine. He was a very good friend of mine. Um, but he he apparently he said like the whole Luke Cage coming out was a uh, part of great show. I love Luke Cage. Uh, well, he said it was part of the black agenda, right? And you know what? People keep that. I I want. I just want to go like people talk about like you know when people like described Obama over the last couple of years. The person they were describing is the person I wanted, <laughs> you know. And then so when and then and it's kind of like kitty corner kind of kind of you know segue at least in the entertainment world of this whole black agenda. If the, I, like a, I kind of wish it was true, and b, <laughs> and b, I want more of it. Like Luke Cage was the shit, and yeah, I'm I'm also kind of really happy Moonlighting beat La La Land. <laughs> you know? What what's Moonlighting so, about? Uh, it's about uh, it's actually Cottonmouth from Luke Cage is the main guy. And I actually haven't seen Moonlight, so I'm talking out of my ass. But from what I understand, is uh, is he's he's a a, a gay dude in a in a, in a pretty kind of low income neighborhood, and it's just kind of hidden. It's just kind of some of the abuse he puts up with and. You know, again, haven't seen the movie, but that's kind of what I've heard about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It kind of sounds like he's, sounds like he's Omar, but minus minus all the cool you know, Omar shit. Yeah, <laughs> not, all the, not all the cool Omar shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the, the Wire was one of the most gangster shows ever, dude. It completely changed. It inspired me. I wrote my yeah. first two screenplays based loosely off the wire like they were definitely inspired by the wire i wouldn't say based but like no you know a fun fun quick i'll i'll be, keep it quick but when i was when i was uh running the bookstore back in the day uh, uh andre royo came in uh bubbles <laughs> and and i got him to i got him to hang out because because again i'm a huge nerd and i watch i watch i watch everything i watch crap i watch good stuff and you know he he stuck around for like 30 minutes because I was like, I was like, hey, you know, like, like you're Andre Royal, right? You know, and he's like, yeah, yeah, man. I guess he was he was in town shooting Empire, is what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, oh, dude, I just saw you in Hellbenders like a couple weeks ago. Now Hellbenders was this like super low budget movie about these like Catholic priests. He was one of them, and they like. It's kind of funny. The, the whole their whole mission is to they they drink and do drugs and they do fucked up shit for the purpose of inviting demons into their bodies and then they kill themselves. 
Okay. So that the demons. Oh, are they killed the kids. So the demons are just trapped, you know, and it's it's you know it's it was like nobody saw that fucking movie, mm-hmm. and I mentioned it, and like I swear to God, I thought he was gonna like tear up. Really? It was like he was like. You are the first fucking person that's ever told me they've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was my uh, that was my bubbles story. And bu- <laughs> bubbles was one of the redeeming stories in that. Like you, you know, you watch it. Uh, I'm not gonna like ruin it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, I mean, you can. It's been out for ten years. Yeah, if you, you haven't seen... watched, you know what? It, and it's not even about the endings or the spoilers. It's just about what happened, and, and you know, it's just cool to see his life get put back together. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like a more realistic version of Pookie. Yeah, yeah uh, Pookie. Pookie, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Pookie was just an accelerated bubble, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the problem with movies as a as a, as a a medium, is that it has to do so much. Like, the, if it wasn't for the montage, to be able, no movie would be able to be done. Like, you know? You think so? It, it, like, a, well, a lot of movies that take place over... The montage is the um, easiest way to s- show time elapsing. And yeah. people getting better, <laughs> like and yeah. transformation happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not ever. I mean, not every. I mean, like Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, oh that, yeah, well, that was just an hour and a half long car chase. That that and movie, it was brilliant. You know, it, it was like gravity in that sense, right? Like just like in a, in except more character development, more nuanced characters, very interesting, kind of dystopic, but still in a, in a very just suspense the entire time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Will she die? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. See, I'm I'm actually a big. Uh, this is gonna sound lame. Rom com dude. Uh, okay. I love rom coms, but I like really like artistic ones. Um, like, uh, have you seen uh, Before Sunset? I have not. Okay, so I, it doesn't seem like your type of movie, especially talking about horror movies. <laughs> uh, but like the whole. Movie- no, I watch everything. I just it. it but rom coms are definitely the are what's. I will eventually. I'm the kind of guy. I will get to everything. Yeah. And rom coms are like at the ass end. Yeah, dude. I, the I, as they should. They've ruined love. In this country, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, it, there's not someone out there for all of you. Just be known that, okay? Um, more than like, just take what you can get. Uh, marriage isn't forever. You're gonna f- there, love doesn't even exist. You only love people because society told you to. Um, your dog doesn't care about you, and um, <laughs> you yeah. were you were born alone. Don't expect us to be much different. Exactly. And if, if you if you take all of these as your baseline, you'll be a lot happier of a person, and you'll be a lot more able to let go of what you never had um <laughs> very beautifully yeah, yeah, yeah. you should do a rom-com yeah well so, so uh, you should do like a super nihilistic rom-com i would love that like you know where, where the, the his problem is that he can never see any meaning in the relationship because he can just see the end <laughs> um but in it the the whole movie takes place there they're walking through paris and the whole movie shot in real time hour and 30 minutes of them talking and it's it's captivating and it's because, like, I guess it's really good dialogue. And I think really good dialogue is something that's just really not done well. And then compelling characters. Like, you, there are believable characters. And the thing is, it's not even so unforeseeable. I sit down and listen to a Joe Rogan podcast, right? Like, the Russell Brand episode, mm-hmm. three and a half hours, I can listen to it. You know? We, we, yeah. we don't need all the special effects sometimes. sometimes we just need it to be interesting. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a good, a good concept doesn't cost anything yeah and and it takes just as much time to hire bad actors as it does good actors i think mm. you know um yeah I, I wish i wish you know i don't know if we addressed this in the podcast but i did see i saw get out last night fantastic movie completely completely rest its laurels on the strength of its concept mm. uh very little pacing issues no no pacing issues i would say uh you know interesting from the beginning to the end 
well acted, very singular vision from a first time director, Jordan Peele, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, didn't didn't have you know a gigantic ass budget, you know. And, and, and as with most things, I think like so going back to gigantic budget thing, we're getting off topic, but this, this is a podcast. This is politics. Yeah, it, yeah. It, this isn't. It's, it's it's not supposed to be. If you're coming to me about your political advice, you should read a book. John Rawls is one of the best political theorists of our um, of our former time. He died, but like uh, check him out. He can help you. We can't. Yeah, but uh, speaking about like movies, and I think in a sense, this is how movies are similar to dating. If you have a huge budget, you're just way more likely to make worse decisions. Oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because like you know, I think about this like you know when people move from the USSR um, or former Soviet Union to America, and they go to 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 department stores or not grocery stores. They, they actually had to go with therapists because they were so overwhelmed by the options that mm-hmm. they couldn't make a choice. Right. Um, they, they, their brains were like, oh, should I choose the... They, they were, there was just really no difference. And they didn't understand that. Um, and they had a trouble with that. And I think that's actually what's afflicting most very beautiful women in um, this post-tender society. It's because they, like, at any moment, they have like literally thousands of options. You know, it's, I could see that being a little overwhelming, and yeah. and, and, and the kind of arbitrariness of, of, of selection and choice at that point. I mean, most people are generally the same. I don't believe people are special. Um, it, it, I, I think we are people, and our relationships with people are special. But I don't think them in and of themselves are special. I don't think I'm special. You know, and I do think you do, you do online dating. Uh, so I I don't. I do better in real life. I yeah I yeah I uh, I mean I I'm I'm in a relationship and have been for some time now and usually that's what it is I usually kind of float from being like you know if I'm I'm in a relationship you're serial monogamous serial monogamous I guess would be the term yeah so I've never done the whole online dating thing but like yeah it's like, it's like you know we we practice this arcane art of you know this ancient you know mystical practice of you know, going to the bar and talking to people. You yeah. Know? <laughs> well, the bar is, there, there's an article that came out, Brendan Lemon told me about the shout out Brendan Lemon. Uh, we were doing the Fringe Festival together plug. You're in Scotland, come see us. Okay. Uh, then uh, is, uh, he, he told me that there's an article he read called... Um, might even be there by the time this comes out. Right? Like, yeah. that, well, uh, hopefully not. Uh, I'm actually, so, uh, I'll talk to you about this off the, off the air. But secret conversation. You're secret not, conversation. You're not invited, audience. But um, the, our bars are too loud and our coffee shops are too quiet for us to meet new people. And and that we don't in, in America we don't have a really a forum to meet new people in, anymore. Because our have you ever bars are so loud these days to just have a construct, especially ones where they're single people. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there are the ones where you know you go maybe with your friend or whatever, but like most of those don't have a glut of different people there. I think it depends on where you go, though. I in mean, like, like like yeah, I mean like you know like having worked in Logan Square for going on five years I don't anymore but like there's like the it, it was like there's a one bar in particular tell me the name it's the Burlington on Fullerton and Kedzie Burlington and that's okay. like our cheers bar every, that was like our that was like our cheers bar you know where everybody knew your name you know kind of thing and I you know I, I think I think you you get better luck at the you know but I think you know people need to people need to have that in their life you yeah know, people need to you know and it's not like I just decided okay this is the bar I'm gonna die at you know, <laughs> like, you know it is going to be but I had I, it took me three years to realize that you know but um, yeah I, I don't you know I've, I've always I do have sympathy for people who 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 can't just focus on one thing like like you know whether they got the thousands of options or they go to all the different bars first of all if you go to different bars every day of the week it's like 
become a regular at one place and get the hookup, man. Like, yeah. the booze is the same everywhere. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's because perception is more important than reality, right? The people, like, and um, your value is often determined by association. Right. So, right. so, like, a human being is very hard to value if they don't have... Like, if you go to the most prestigious university in China, right? Right. Since we don't have... You're probably brilliant and all these other things. And let's say your command of the English language isn't that great. We're going to have a hard time associating how intelligent you are. Like, just in a general conversation. Okay, yeah. And Because we do it based off association. And people do that with their own status, right? People are like, oh, I need to go to this bar or club. Because that means I'm a, a value person. You know, that's why people stand outside. No one has fun at the club. Everyone just wants to look, be there to look cool. Oh, I know. I believe me. I'm like, dude, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I've had a, I've, I've done the back and forth in this career for a while now, but I am a, a bouncer at a 4am club and it's like, I feel like Darwin and it's my, it's my Galapagos. Yeah. It's I, really, and you are absolutely right. Nobody is having a good time. No. Nobody's having a good time. You know, um, I mean, everybody's doing blow in the bathroom. Everybody's, you know, getting into fights. Everybody. It makes me wonder. I've always, I've I never had that mentality. No. I've never had that mentality of like, you know, if it's like, like to me, if like, if, like, like if, if you go to like a particular type of like, you know, genre of music, if you go to like that festival or that concert and you're like, okay, I got, the, I got the Molly, I got the this, I got the that. I'm like, if you got to bring that many drugs, it's probably not that good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it's just, this is like people just are just trying to get, and this is no new ground cover. They're overdoing it is what they're doing. Well, and I don't it, know what they're trying to do, but they're overdoing it. I, I think um, as you grow older, you become a sensitive, more sensitive instrument, right? That's how I've heard it put. Like we're, we're at, when you're young, you're a blunt instrument, and you can't do that much. You, you're like a hammer, mm-hmm. right? And and so a I hammer. Was, yeah, I kind of see it as the opposite, but I'm interested uh, to hear what you. And so you're more durable and everything like that. And I'm not talking about emotionally, mm-hmm. but like, but like as you grow older, you have to take more care of your body, and also you have oh, to yeah. do less for something to register an effect you become a more nuanced and specialized instrument and like so as, as time's happening you, you get a better read and are more helpful but you're, you're not you're not going to need like all that stuff at a music festival in order to be happy or have the certain type of experience that you want to have right yeah politics yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean like, but like politics <laughs> yeah. is tied into all this these drugs are illegal I think a lot of people would have a better relationship with it if it wasn't in this counterculture Right, like if it, if drugs, I think people would do drugs regardless because people have always been doing drugs. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think people wouldn't be doing it to be cool. Yeah, it's like it's literally it's because the teacher told me I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it, and the thing is, is people build an identity around being the other, right? Mm. Being not it. And rather than going out and see, this is the thing: is we live in a society, and this comes into this identity politics kind of thing. Is we live in a society. Where people don't have hobbies and they have preferences. Yeah. And they have a ton of preferences but aren't really anybody. Because you, your preferences don't tell you who you are. That's actually – who you are is what you do, right? And then, and then your brain is how you make sense of that narrative. But largely who, how you relate to stuff is what you do. And if you don't do anything, you're just clicking and stuff on the internet. Mm. It doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah. That's, I think uh... – I, I just wanted to latch on to something you mentioned a second ago about the 
but the, 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 the doing the drugs, you know, it's, you know, it's because it's illegal and to be cool. I mean, like, that, that I, I think, goes back to what we were talking... I hope that was on the podcast, too. I, I can't remember that. Just say it. On the record or off the record, but when we were talking about the chickens and everything, mm-hmm. and just the kind of how that... Exp- you know, we love the chicken filet, ignore the fact that 200 million chickens get, you know, fucking butchered every day, and... Uh, and not kindly, mind you. And like- not kindly, no, no, no. In fact, I was reading a thing about how, like, you know, they, they, they electroshock them in the water... And it works maybe 70% of the time. Oh, fuck. You know? Um, but anyway. Uh, What's want... 70% of 200 million? Yeah, a fucking <laughs> shit ton. Yeah, like yeah. 30%, like, oh my god. The actual number is a fucking shit ton. And, uh, you know, and then I think that's another part of the American experience is like, you know, you have this, and this is how I'll wiggle back to politics, is, you know, you got all these kids at the club doing drugs because it's cool and it's illegal. You know, meanwhile, fucking Laquan is doing the same goddamn thing, getting locked the fuck up for it. Yeah. You know, it's all... Most of the felons I know are sorority girls. Yeah. Like, it, it, the, the felon thing is kind of weird because it's like, it's like you can do a felony and not be a felon. Every violent offender I've ever met is, like, college-educated and white. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just made that up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's probably true. It's probably true. Uh, <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah, and, and it's how, how, how we, we, we paint that picture of people. And yeah, people are spending two to five years in prison off of something just because we, we moralize it in yeah. that way, you know? But guys, I think this is it. I think this is the end of the podcast. You want to plug anything, Max? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's see. You got Twitter? Ever? I don't have Twitter. Dude, you need to get on Twitter, bro. I got Facebook, and I got my PlayStation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, shout out to my Elder Scrolls Online Guild. Um, Daggerfall Covenant's gonna win the campaign this month, hopefully. Uh, How's the PvP on that? Uh, it's, uh, it's addictive. I mean, it's like, it's like heroin. It's like not fun. It's just, you just do it. You yeah. Just keep, I, I mean, I used to play WoW Endgame, and, um, Okay, it's more fun than WoW. I will okay. say that. I Which, say wait, that. when did you play WoW? Oh, back when it first came out for oh. like a month, so oh, okay. I, can, I can barely I can barely even say that I played WoW. But I've always been like an Elder Scrolls guy. I've always been a Bethesda guy. Yeah, I'm wearing a Fallout hat right now. But um, I mean, they make great games. Yeah, I mean, this will already have happened by the time it gets out. But we are doing a memorial show for a guy named Derek DeJacques who passed away. It's gonna we're planning on making it a yearly thing. Okay. So that that's gonna be at Estelle's and Subterranean. The two the two joints are teaming up for that one. Uh, that'll already have happened by the time this drops, so, but we are planning on making it a yearly event, so, you know. So next year! <laughs> next year, 2018, if we're, if we're all still here. And, um, and then, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been filling in, doing co-hosting on the, the Flabby Hoffman Radio Extravaganzo. That's been kind of like a semi-regular thing lately, so that's, uh, 1680 AM, or Q4.org, that's Q-U-E, and then the number 4.org. Uh, it's like usually runs from like one o'clock to four o'clock on Saturday. So if you're just you know in on Saturday cleaning up your apartment, you know hiding the bodies, you know scrubbing up all the drugs out of your carpet, whatever, need something to listen to, tune in. Uh, we we always have like local comedians, local musicians. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Awesome, man. And you know, as I always say, uh, like, follow, share. Check out my YouTube channel, The Lazy Philosopher. We just hit 2,500 subs. So thanks for you guys who made your journey over there. Also, follow me on Twitter because I need it to look important in this comedy game. And um, this won't come out by then, but Young Hustle Show at Laugh Factory. I think we'll, our, our April show will be up by then. I don't know the exact date. But yeah, check my Facebook or my Twitter for that info. And guys, as always, thanks for listening. Godspeed and good night. Peace. All right.